Being a real estate agent can be demanding. Being a mom, now that's even more challenging. Now being a mom in real estate, now that is hard. You know, it was interesting. 
Um, and then we all actually work with our spouses, so I think that's um, something fun that you guys can ask us questions about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the beginning, there were some definite natural roles. Like I said, you know, we have seven kids, so I set appointments for him to go on. <laughs> it was like, okay, well, I gotta go home, so I'm gonna set appointments for you. Um, and then as as I learned the business, you know, that changed, and as we looked at our goals, realizing that we wanted to grow a team and we wanted to help other agents succeed in real estate, it, our roles kind of switched and I became more of a sales manager and he became, um, you know, he's still, if you want to call it a rainmaker, he's the team leader, he runs a lot of the one-on-one -on -one trainings and then I run some of the systems that make us more efficient and the technology, you know, behind helping our agents reach their goals. Yeah, that's great. And Lacey, you and your husband actually, um, I just learned a little bit, but you guys uh, started together in new home cells, um, but were not married. And then fast forward, now you're married and you guys are running a team together. What does that look like? So yes, we used to be partners um, in new home sales for a while when the market tanked. We both were let go from the builder at the same time, kind of went our own direction for a while. And then we came together in 2012 and formed our team that was before we were married, before we were engaged, or anything like that. So, um, fast forward to today, it's it's been him and I um, this whole entire time. We do have a full-time licensed assistant that's with us. Um, we have just a couple months ago started adding to our team, so we're we're finally to the point where it's a little bit more than he and I can deal with together. So, so we're growing, we're expanding. That's awesome. Um, all right, so next up, I want to talk to you, Lacey, about you've had a ton of success working leads. Can you share with um, everybody here just um, some of the strategies that you implement in, in on making that work so well? So one of the things that I feel very fortunate in my career is for a little while in my experience with new home sales, I had the opportunity to work with a team called the Customer Acquisition Team for one of the largest builders in, in the country, um, Pulte Homes, Centex Homes. So one of the things that we did over there, it was primarily phone and internet leads for all of our communities throughout the entire country. So that really gave me an insight into how internet leads work, how they operate, what sort of things work, what sort of things don't work. So as a result of that in our business now, the internet leads that we do get, I have little bit, bit more of a comfort level. Sometimes when I'm sitting there doing my calls and follow-ups, I almost feel like I'm still at the cat team. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's been very helpful to me too, just because it, it really helps me to understand how these leads work, what their mindset is, and, and get a response from them. That's good. What tips would you give to um, anybody else that's working internet leads? Um, the big thing is speed to lead, of course. That's something that we hammer on a daily basis. And it's so true, though, because when people are looking on, online and if they submit a request through Zillow, they're getting inundated right away. Mm -hmm. So you really have to be the first person to get in touch with them. And you, you can't give up, too. A lot of times people are a little bit scared. They might be earlier in the process as well, too. So they're, they're a little bit shy to give a lot of personal information, but you really have to talk to them more like they're a friend um, and not the sales aspect of it, too. You really have to establish that, that relationship with them and, and get them feeling comfortable. And from there, then they tend to start opening up at that point, too. The other thing, too, is in the market right now, so many people are not so good at phone calls anymore. So we do a lot with text messaging as a lot, a lot too. So um, that really helps get us really good results. That's good. I feel like a lot of people are hesitant to text, but I think it works great. Mm -hmm. Good. 
And um, what about you, Christy? You, um, I know you work solo leads. Do you have any advice for um, everybody about you know how you work the solo leads? Uh, absolutely. You need to get scripted. Um, if you care about <laughs> your business, you need to master some scripts. And the reason for that is so that you don't have to think about what you're going to say. It, it just comes natural. You're asking the right questions. And, and that's going to be huge. I echo what she says about speed to lead. We also have incorporated some automation into our follow-up process with texting. So we use a technology called Call Action, um, which basically any lead that comes in automatically gets put on a text message drip until they respond or until the agent identifies that they spoke to that lead. So it takes a little bit of the pressure off because you know if you're getting a lot of online leads. And let's face it, if you guys are generating Facebook leads, you're probably getting a lot of Facebook leads, but your connection rate is slow. At least we've, we've seen that. Um, or the phone numbers are wrong or something like that. So we look for ways to automate some of that message. So every day we're, we're definitely calling every single day, but we're automating our email and our text message follow-up. So that way, on a daily basis, all I have to worry about as an agent is making calls. I don't have to worry about the text messages and the emails. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, okay, so Jamie, I hear you're competitive. Um, I'm actually going to share um, a little bit. <laughs> we asked we asked Jamie in a questionnaire. Um, we asked her what did, what was it? Um, what her goals were, and she responded with, um, "For production, I just want to beat all the guys on my team." Hashtag girl power. <laughs> so I want you to tell us a little bit about your competitiveness um, with you and your husband too. Yeah, we. Um there's this funny story because one time I beat him in ping pong, and if you're listening to this, Joshua, I did beat you. You did not let me win. <laughs> yeah, I'm just by nature very competitive, and so it motivates me. It motivates me, and it motivates them as well. So Adrian and I, we're gonna beat the boys again, awesome. and we're far outnumbered on our team. So. Pick it up, boys. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. I love that. Um, so, Christy, you and Meryl, you guys are phenomenal business planners, right? So you're an expert on um, goal setting, from what I've heard. And I actually want to share your goal that you shared with us. Um, she has a goal of closing 450 homes as a team and having 20 team members that close at least 20 deals a year. So tell us about how um, your goal setting and planning has helped with your production. You know, it's really interesting. So uh, shout out to Angela Fazio. She was my first real estate coach. And um, it was really amazing because she would just break it down. She's like, it's just a numbers game. And if you're new into real estate, you've heard that. Even if you're not into new into real estate, you've heard, oh, it's just a numbers game. But it's really hard to understand that when you are in a call center situation or you, you know, someone hands you a list of expired <coughs> listings and say, it's just a numbers game, just call and get hung up on 75 times and eventually you'll get a listing. <laughs> um, but you know, working with Angela, I was able to track our numbers and I remember the call, the specific call and I told her, it was like, it's 100, my number's 100. If I make 100 contacts, I get a new escrow. And from that point, we just backward mapped. So I wouldn't say that I'm an expert <laughs> in business planning, but in tracking, I, I understand the importance of tracking your numbers and knowing your conversion rates. So that way it is a numbers game. So when I meet with an agent 
and they tell me they want to make you know, 110,000. I'm like, okay, let's break it down. 65 contacts a week. You need to set three appointments and you need to set 65 contacts. How are we going to make those contacts? And then you know, we pick a prospect style. So if you're going to door knock, how many homes can you knock in two hours? How many contacts is that? What's your conversion? So for me, the power in planning and how it affects your business is that if I know my daily number, then when I wake up, I don't have to deal with the chaos of, okay, what am I going to do today? I know. I need to make 10 contacts today. That is going to require at least two to three hours of prospecting if I am making cold calls. That's going to require four hours of door knocking. That's going to require two open houses. So you don't have this chaos um, because, let's face it, we all have families in some capacity, whether you are a mom or you just have a, a boyfriend or a spouse or something other. You have other things in your life. And so by having a business plan, backwards mapping that so you know what your daily number is, when you wake up, you know exactly what to do and you can be efficient. Yeah, that's really good. Um, what advice would you give to a new mom in real estate about um, how to come up with their business plan if they are on their own? <sighs> Don't do it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely get help. I mean, I, I know that if you approached anyone on this panel, they would absolutely spend some time with you, give you some resources. There's a lot of resources out there, tools that you can use for business planning. Mm -hmm. um, we've done a couple events here at the forum on business planning. But my, my biggest advice to somebody that's getting into real estate and that wants it as a career and not a hobby um, is that don't dabble. So many times I meet agents, and unfortunately it happens a lot with women. Mm -hmm. um, their husband has a career and is the breadwinner, and they just want to make some extra money. They want to feel like they can contribute to the family. They need flexibility because if there's kids and there's situations like that. So they'll put together a really small goal. I just want to sell six homes. I just want to sell one home a month. And I think the mistake in that is that what you're doing is now you've added prospecting and you've added follow-up only to sell one home. So yes, you're going to get that, that income, but you haven't generated enough income that you could leverage yourself and get rid of some of the stuff that you're already doing. So you need to generate leads and do lead follow-up, but do it so that you can sell three homes and hire someone to clean your house. Mm -hmm. Like that just makes more sense to me. Don't, don't just add more workload without figuring out what is it gonna take so that I can take something off my plate. If you're gonna add real estate onto your plate, what does that number look like so that you can take something else off and still have a great quality of life? Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, okay, so Jamie, I know you actually get help at, at your house, right? Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yeah, my mother-in-law lives with us, and she's kind of like my best friend. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, she cooks, she cleans, she takes one kid to school, picks one up, um, helps with so much, and she's my travel partner. She's so. your travel partner? Oh, yeah, because you like to travel and you take your kids. I think your goal was to take them to four new states this year, right? Yeah, so um, end of May, we are going to hit up Tennessee, Mississippi, Oklahoma, and hopefully Missouri. We've already been to Arkansas, we're going there too. So yeah, so she's just, with without her, I would have to hire help because there's just no way that I could run the house mm -hmm. and be productive mm -hmm. in business. It's, she's a lifesaver, so that's definitely, she's a key player. 
for us. That's good. And Chrissy, you get help too at home, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. So um, my mom actually lives with us and is a huge help because, you know, we try to keep a consistent schedule where, you know, I'm home by four so we can work on homework and get dinner, and which I hate cooking, mm -hmm. so I don't want to make you guys think that I, like, cook dinner every night. That doesn't happen. <laughs> um, Little Caesars probably knows my face. <laughs> <laughs> Three pizzas and soda, I got you. Um, but then I also have my sister. You know, we were in a situation where we were sending our kids um, that were not in school to daycare, mm -hmm. and um, we were fortunate enough to approach my sister, and it was a good situation for her and for us. And so she does; she cleans for us, she helps with my children, and without those key players, I wouldn't be productive either because I'd be so stressed out about what's going on, how you know what's going on at home, and I wouldn't be happy when I was home because. And I actually made that mistake when I first. You know, when we first got into production, I didn't have someone to clean my house. So again, that mistake of taking on, you know, that year Merrill and I sold 85 homes without having someone to clean my house. That's just bananas, guys. Don't ever put yourself in that situation. Like, you know, having someone come in and help with laundry and help with cleaning and be able to, you know, watch my kids took a massive weight off of me so that I could take my business to the next level. I like that. You also said something, um, you said to be productive at work so that when you get home, you're home. And I Absolutely. really liked that. You know, um, so many times, we as women think that we're really good at multitasking. Mm -hmm. um, I, I fall prey to it all the time, and I'll just tell them, I'm like, well, you're just not good at multitasking. But what happens is, is you, let's say you're at work and you're worried about something about your kids. That distraction is taking away from how efficient you can be at work. So I had to have a mindset shift of when I'm when I'm working, I need to be completely focused. And if I need to take care of something for my kids, I just put it into my schedule. So that way it's not creeping in when I'm making phone calls. It's not creeping in when I'm in an interview with an agent. It has a time and a place. And then because my time is limited at the office, I want to make the most of it. That way when I go home, I don't have to work. And it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes I do have to work at home, but when I'm very intentional in my, my planning and my schedule, I'm able to go home and just be home and focus on my kids and not be thinking about work. Yeah. Um, Lacey, do you have any key players that help you with um, stuff at home? Our family dynamic is a little bit different. Um, as you mentioned earlier, we have a blended family. Mm -hmm. So at home, we, we have four kids between the age of nine and 13. So we are on the same visitation schedule with them. So they're either, we either have all four of the kids at home at once or none of them at all. So when we don't have the kids, it's, it's go. It's work, work, work. Um, it's not uncommon for my husband and I to do 80 hours a week each. Um, when we have the kids, we do try to set a little bit more boundaries as far as once we get home, there's no phone calls, no appointments during these hours. Um, we don't have help, <laughs> so it's it's Drew, my husband, and I. Um, we do have a cleaner that comes in once a month and helps with our house, but other than that, we do it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. That's yeah. Really hard. Um, Chrissy, you, have, you actually had a mental hurdle that you've overcome being a mom. Can you share that with us? Um, yeah, you know, so for those of you guys who don't know me, I became a mom overnight. My husband and I um, were foster parents, and our very first placement was with three kids. Now, prior to that, I had trained my whole life. All I wanted to do was to be a mom. 
So I had created this image of me as a mom, somewhere between like Martha Stewart and <laughs> you know, like this crafting and cooking and just like wanting to spend every making, waking moment with my kids. And then all of a sudden I had three kids and it was like, okay, let's do this. And it was during that transition time, so I actually tried staying, uh, being a stay-at-home mom where I did that, and it wasn't natural for me. It was really hard. I was in my 30s, and I became very depressed because I kept comparing myself to amazing moms. Like, I would never want to travel with all of my kids like that. Like, she said that, and I immediately started sweating. I'm like, could you imagine checking seven kids across the United States? Like, that would, I would go crazy. So... The mental, you know, the mental games that plays on you. So I would say don't make comparisons. I made that mistake. I started comparing myself. And then I started feeling bad that I didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom. And it took realizing that God gave me some different talents. He gave me talents to work with people and to help people. And that I could be an amazing mom and not have to be at home. So I just had to focus what I was really good at and be more efficient so when my interaction with my kids is intentional as you get to know your kids you know what's going to make more of a deposit in their love bucket so for one kid it's just going to get an ice cream cone for another kid it's um, volunteering to teach art masterpiece so i'm where i'm not a stay-at-home mom and i'm with them all day long and doing arts and crafts which i thought i would love and i didn't um, i look for ways to connect with them that makes more of an impact and then I focus on showing them how to be especially for my girls I have four girls and three boys that they can be a leader that they can be a successful business person and they can be organized and, and I work on teaching them things about mindset because my kids all came from the foster care environment and have faced some massive challenges I mean my 16 year old daughter I don't think there's anybody else at her school that's ever lived in a homeless shelter that's ever been homeless and has gone through what she's gone through. So God gave me a gift, and I can focus with her on mindset, on goal setting, and showing her how to work. A lot of the parents of my kiddos just didn't work, and that led them into the situation where their kids you know, ended up in foster care. So um, not comparing yourself to other moms, because we're so, we're so different. Mm-hmm. You know, she likes to travel with her kids. I travel with my kids, and then I plan a vacation to recover from my kids, <laughs> and that's okay. You know, we're both we're both good moms. It's just a little bit different. Yeah, it is de- definitely different for everyone. Um, work-life balance is something that we all struggle with. I know we talk about it a lot in here, and um, it's something I personally struggle with. I know Lacey, you've struggled with it too. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and how you're striving to gain some balance with that? Work-life balance has always been something I've struggled with. I, I don't have the answer. It's still something I can continue to struggle with today. Um, the biggest thing that I have done, um, both my husband and I, if you call us, we have voicemails that say, if you're calling us after 7 p.m., all calls will be returned the next day. We've had to do that for ourselves just to help with that balance and draw that line. You have to set boundaries with clients because if you don't, they don't know what your boundaries are. and they, They're not gonna know how to respect you in that. So that's one of the things we've done for us, just to try and help give us the evenings together and as a family and not have to worry about our phone calls ringing off the hook all the time. Um, The other thing that that we have done, um, my husband and I try and implement date nights. So we are still newlyweds, but that's something that we feel is very important to us as well. When we go out, 
tried as being the key word here. We try to turn off our phones. I try to turn off my phones. He's much better than I am. Um, but I'll try and put it away um, and just really enjoy ourselves. Be in the moment together and not be thinking about work and business. Um, just basically having that time. Same thing with the kids too. There's, there's times where we just have to put the phones away. Um, we understand that our kids are not going to be little forever. They need that quality time with their parents too. So um, again, I, I don't have the perfect answer for it. I don't think anyone does. <laughs> I'm still trying to come up with new ideas all the time to help achieve work-life balance, but those are some of the things I found that really work I think you us. need a maid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once a month is not nearly enough. <laughs> <laughs> just laundry. Just laundry. <laughs> Hire out just the laundry. There you go. But hiring me to cook would be awesome. That is like one of my goals in life is to hire that would help with everything. I hate cooking, but then also like eating healthy and you know making sure my kids are eating healthy, and then not have to worry if they don't like it and take it personal, <laughs> which I would never do. <laughs> Okay, so we talked about mental hurdles a little bit. I actually want to hear from you on one of your mental hurdles that you've overcome. Yeah, I think, um, just like Christy said, when I became a mom, it, it's very life-altering. And not necessarily in a bad way, but you, you change. And so I had always seen myself as someone that was going to do amazing things and be productive. And then I became a mom, and I'm like, this is my whole life. And then trying to get back into real estate, it was slow for me. I started just doing our paperwork and managing our transactions. And it, one day someone who I respect greatly in the industry told my husband something about me. And he said, if Jamie would just realize what she's got, she'd be amazing. And I was like, oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> on myself and I can do whatever I want and so just figuring out how to do that and get back into it was huge for me yeah that's awesome you are awesome thank you <laughs> I echo that too. <laughs> thank, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, Christy you implementing implemented planning techniques in your home can you tell us a little bit about that with your family yeah I mean I think uh, I think everybody has been in a situation where it's a little off. And so last year, as we were reflecting on our year, we realized that our family had some habits as a family that we just didn't, we didn't like the direction that we were heading in. And we had tried to, throughout all of 2017, we tried different techniques and it just wasn't working. And so finally, Meryl and I were like, okay, what are we good at? Well, we're good at planning. Um, we run our business, if we can run a amazing real estate team why can't we do this family thing and the funny thing is, is last year we actually had more kids than we had years in experience of parenting so it was like it was just you know it was hard so we decided to just put together a family business plan we took our business plan that we run our real estate team on and we were just like okay how would we put this into our family so we broke down our goal like we just you know we broke down our goal into a monthly focus so the very first month um you know, our focus was on using kind words as a family. And we broke that down into a daily, um, a, a daily, did you use kind words? And the very first month, I think I got the fewest points of the entire family because one of the emphasis was sarcasm. And so my kids are like, you just lost your point, mom. Um, but it, it has been huge for
for our family every day we check in. So we kick off the month with our focus in April, it's being more Christ-like. And then we kick off each week with an emphasis of how can we be more Christ-like. Um, so one of our focuses this month is hitting, you know, just the little jabs. And then every day we check in as a family and it's up visual in our house. It takes up about this much space. Everything is up, our goals are up. And then we implemented monthly and quarterly yearly goals for our kids. So the very first month it was actually sad. We didn't earn anything. And as a mom, I really wanted to give my kids something because it was hard to everyday check in and mom didn't get her point again because she's sarcastic. <laughs> and you know, it was just, it was really hard, but I stuck to it and we didn't, Meryl's very black and white. He was like, we didn't get it. <laughs> but they worked so hard. Um, but in February, we got the lowest reward, which is the dollar store. So if we hit 75% of our goal, we take all the kids to the dollar store, which sounds really cheap. We do have seven kids and they love it. So <laughs> it works. Uh, and then in March, we hit, um, we hit two tiers of our goal. And in April, we are on pace to reach 95% of our goal. So it, I, I see it working. It is not easy. But again, tracking and measuring, what you track and measure improves, what you focus on expands. And I want to have a more loving environment. I mean, our family is blended in that all of my kids are adopted and they're not all biologically related. So we're dealing with some, you know, some things. Um, so I would say to anybody out there, if you're really good at something and you're struggling with something else, find something in common, take that strength and whatever it is that makes you really good at couponing, if that's it, and put that into your business or put that into your family and you will see a difference. I never in a million years would have thought that I could put together a business plan for our family and, and see it work. Yeah, that's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll post it. I was just going to say, I'll, I have some principles and I'll post it on uh, the Monster Real Estate so you can kind of see what it looks like and then you can just backward map it for your family. Perfect. Thank you. Um, I'm going to check and see if we have any questions um, for you guys. All right, how do you motivate your team members? I'll start with you. <laughs> Competition. <laughs> we have a board with all of our transactions, and they're color-coded based on which agent has that deal in escrow. So, <laughs> so we know who's got something on the board and who doesn't, and who needs to pick it up, and who's winning. Um, and do you give people a hard time if they're not on the board? Yeah, we do. And every time someone puts something on the board, we Facebook Live it in our group Facebook page. That's awesome. Yeah, so everybody can see. Like, it's no secret who's kicking butt and who needs to pick it up. And then we, uh, actually, I don't know if this is motivation. <laughs> every month, um, same day as our Keller Williams office meeting, we have a meeting afterward where we kind of poke fun at each other. <laughs> so over the month, we collect um, infractions on each other. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way, nice way to say this. It's something kind of mean now that I'm saying it out loud. But it's fun. It's it's for fun. And then uh, Can everybody that's fine. Example? Sure. So we have specific forms that you write who's the uh, defendant, who's the prosecutor, what's the offense, and last month Shane Peck let those run out, and so we had to handwrite everything. <laughs> it's so small, but it's fun. But so, it's fun within your group. 
yes, and so Josh is the judge, and if he finds you guilty, you're fine. Mm -hmm. And so everybody has to turn in their money, and then we're saving that money for something fun, team building, that we'll use it for. So like we're, we're like a family, really, yeah. that's what it is. Mm -hmm. I like that. What about you, Christy? How do you motivate your team? Well, I don't I actually think it's impossible to motivate someone else. They have to find that motivation intrinsically. Um, we just provide conduits to help with it. So um, business planning, <coughs> when it, it needs to be more than just a number. Like if you say, okay, I want to make $100,000. Why? Why is that important? Um, some members on our team became parents this year. So I don't need to motivate that person to make money because they have a new child in their home and if they don't make money, how are they paying those bills? So for me, it's, it's connecting with the agents on my team so that we can go back to, to the goal. One of my um, agents wants to buy his wife a Suburban. So it's like, if you're not doing what you're doing, how's that Suburban coming along? Like, I mean, really, yeah. because if you, I can't motivate you to go out and do what you need to do, but I can remind you of why that is important and then support you. So that way when we come back and we check and say, um, we just did our first quarter wrap up to look at their goals and where they're at. Um, and you know, if you're not there, what do we need to tweak? What do we need to change? And then if that reason why, and it's hard sometimes to find the why, like it really is, but you've got to find a reason to, that is going to be compelling for you to work because if you are just cold calling, that's not super fun. It's not sexy, like it sucks, mm -hmm. but it also is really effective. Um, one, of the, one of the couples on my team, they got into it because they wanted to take more listings this year. So we said, okay, you need to make some cold calls and they just closed that listing. So they took the listing and closed it and it was like a 45 day process from the time they made the phone call. You know, that, that's huge, yeah, so. That um, Lacey, I know it's you and your husband and a transaction coordinator. Um, how do you guys all motivate each other? Well, we actually have three people that we brought onto our team. So they've only been with us for less than two months. So our, our team growth is relatively new, but we'll do fun little contests. Um, we have a couple of them had some really good leads they were working. So we, we did something one weekend that said, first one who can write a contract, we're take, we'll take you out to dinner. So um, that was kind of a fun motivation for them. Um, we're, we're all about the camaraderie and uh, positivity. So we always like to make sure we're checking in with everybody and, and giving them congratulations, things like that. Just basically making sure that they feel important. Um, my husband and I, one of the things that we've done, as silly as it sounds, whenever we get something under contract, we always fist bump each other and do like a little celebration in the office. So it's kind of fun. Can you guys do it for us since he's here? Sure. We're both competitive, we're very different thinkers, 
Um, and it's not just the two of us. We also have Josh's sister, his sister-in-law. So it's three people with very strong opinions and ideas. And so we've learned, like, what are your tasks and what are my tasks? And let's make sure we master what we're in charge of. And I'm not going to step on your toes because I trust that you're making the best decisions here. You're the best at these things. That's why you're doing that. So I think just staying in our own lanes, um, of course, it's amazing having him and being surrounded by people that want amazing things for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having that trust in a partner and trust that they're doing what, what they're supposed to be doing and then you manage what you're supposed to be doing. I would say, and this goes for any working relationship, content communicating. And what that means, and guys, women are really bad at this because we are number one in hint dropping. We are number one in just read my mind and what I'm thinking. But when you work with your spouse or when you have a working relationship, you need to mean what you say and don't expect that person to pick up on your hints or to, you know, so for instance, if he asks me if I want to do something and I say yes, I can't inside be like, oh, I can't to do that, I'd never want to do that. If he knew me, if he really loved me, he would have never asked me to do that. <laughs> like, you can't do any of that. He's taking at face value what I'm saying yes to. Um, and that's really hard. I don't think it's natural for us. You know, like a really good example is like you're driving by a gas station and you say, oh gosh, I'm kind of thirsty. What are we really wanting to say? Can you pull over to the gas station? I'm thirsty, I want to get a drink. But we didn't say that, we just said, I'm thirsty. Or the trash smells, instead of saying, can you please take out the garbage? I'm just like, the trash smells. Does anybody else smell the trash in here? It smells so bad. And all I really had to say was, can you please take out the garbage? So I think really content can say what you mean and mean what you say so that the people you work with can take it at face value and not have to pick up on your hints. Good advice for me. I'm kind of a combination between Jamie and Christy. So my husband and I, we've known each other in a working relationship for almost 11 years. So from the business aspect, I feel like we're very fortunate because we, we do know each other's styles and how we work. And we're very competitive as well too, which is kind of a, a good, fun, positive thing. Um, but on the flip side, our communication styles are very different. Our clients will refer to us as a good cop, bad cop. I'm very warm, very, very fuzzy, very, very fluffy as Drew calls me, whereas he's very direct to the point. He, he tells me all the time, give me the baby, don't give me the birth. I don't need the details, I just, I just need the facts, I just need the bullet points. That's a tough thing for me just because I'm very detail-oriented. I want the details. I want you to know the details. And so just the different communication styles has been my biggest challenge, but it also is a positive. It works really well, too, because there's sometimes where we'll have clients where they like my style a little bit better, and some clients like his style a little bit better. So we have kind of turned the challenge into a positive at the same time. Yeah. Um, okay, so the last question is, um, <clears throat> have you guys ever had to take your kids on showings and how do you handle that? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. before I was in real estate um, and we were foster parents, Merrill, and actually when he interviewed with Chuck, I believe, um, to work at uh, back then, West USA Realty Revelation, he had to bring our, how old was Red? Like four weeks, three weeks? Too young to go to daycare. Yeah, so. under six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and he did, he, he had to bring our infants, you know, to these, 
to you know showings. He actually closed several deals from Red's infancy, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> I um I I don't if, if I'm working with a past client and I have a really good relationship. They know me, they know my family. We are so good cop, bad cop, and that whole thing, like, that is very us as well. And so I have, I have taken my children on showings with past clients. I try to avoid it only because my kids are really rambunctious and crazy. Um, but then I also, um, like in the summer, we try to make it something special where we'll bring a child to the office. I regret it every single time because it's not very efficient, but it does speak into their love language and they feel special. Um, so I think you need to make sure that the situation is appropriate. And if you are if you are showing who you really are as an agent, there are over forty thousand agents in the valley. So if I'm going to connect with someone, they do need to know who I am on some level. And if there is a true emergency and your child has to come, that person will probably understand. I you know I think it needs to be appropriate. Probably not your very first showing, the first time you meet somebody and they don't know anything about you. Mm -hmm. about you I, I agree with that. I, I have never taken a child to a listing appointment. <laughs> However, uh, most of our clients, um, and I feel like this is something great about myself, <laughs> but you know, my clients are, they really do become like our family. I truly care about them. I want to know about them, they want to know about me. Usually they know about my, my kids. They know I'm a mom. They know how old my kids are. I know that information about them, um, and they bring their kids. So it, it's not something that I do on a regular basis. It is like emergency. I don't, I don't have coverage at this moment. They have to come. Mm -hmm. um, but they are they're learning. They, they learn. They know how to be, you know, behave when they're working with me, and I'm pretty impressed by them. They, they have to learn how to behave in certain situations, and I think it's a good learning tool for them. Yeah, I agree. I had an experience when I first got into the business where my oldest daughter, who's 13 now, she was just a baby at the time, and trying to make a really long story short, I was working with a couple that I thought was a wonderful couple that I had a good relationship established with. They were looking for a rental. Um, new in the business, I was working with rentals at the time, but um, come to find out when we did an application, the husband was a sex offender. And I had my, my tiny baby around these people multiple times and it scared the living crap out of me, <laughs> excuse my language. So ever since then I've been very guarded when it comes to my kids and, and showings and clients. Now granted, there, there are a lot of people that we work with that we do view them as family. We've, we've came to become very close with them. But when it comes to working and from a professional level, um, we'll bring the kids into the office with us sometimes. But I don't usually bring them with me on my appointments. Thankfully, my kids are old enough, they're to the age now where if we need to leave them home for a couple hours or you know whatever the case may be, they're, they're good to go. But um, I'm a little bit more guarded in that respect. Yeah, understandably. Um, okay, so we're gonna wrap it up with some advice. Um, if you guys could each just give a piece of advice to um, any mom of real estate that's listening today, what would it be? We can start with you, Lacey. Um, being in real estate, kind of like the video in the beginning showed, being in real estate is, is a tough business. A lot of people get into it, I think, thinking this is going to be easy, I'm going to make a quick buck. And then also being a mom on top of it, their work-life balance is, is huge, it's challenging. But my biggest thing I would say is don't give up, work hard, um, you have to set your goals, you have to remember why you got into real estate in the first place. and. 
just basically if make that commitment that if you're going to work hard, yes, you have a family, yes, you have a, a business and a career, but don't give up. Just get every, give everything that you have into to your business and being a good mom. What about you, Christy? I, I hinted at this earlier about dabbling. Um, don't make real estate your hobby because that'll just add up stress, gray hair, wrinkles, and all the things that you don't want. So um, I would also say, don't try to do it alone. Join a team, get a coach, get a mentor. There are people that have done this and that can save you a lot of time, energy, effort, money, all of that. So um, be intentional with your time and set your goals appropriately so that if you're gonna add real estate, something else can go away, otherwise you're just adding stress and, and that's you know not in a position that you wanna be. And then get the help you need. And I would say surround yourself with people that share the same passion and goals that you have. Know what your weaknesses are. Naturally, I'm, I'm a free spirit. Like, I want to travel, and I'm naturally just a content person. Like, are my bills paid? Are, is food on the table? My kids have, you know, I, they're taken care of. My husband is extremely... <laughs> highly motivated. He has huge goals. And I need to be around him because I need that push. So I would say know what it is that is your challenge and then find a mentor. It doesn't have to be your spouse, but a coach, a mentor, a team member, someone in your office, someone that you look up to that's doing the things that you want to do and let them support you. Yeah, that's really good advice. All right, thank you guys so much. Uh, we want to give a huge thank you to Diane Gertis and April Chadwick with the Mortgage Advantage for sponsoring Moms in Real Estate.